I'd encourage you to open your Bibles this morning, if you will, to James, the epistle of James. We're going to be spending our time there in the epistle of James this morning. A few weeks ago, Diana and I had the blessing of being with Al and Iris Sneed, and and we got together to watch a wonderful Christmas concert. As we watched this concert, there, there was this just incredibly beautiful singing. And in the concert, there, there was some drama, and the a- acting was superb. And they had this large orchestra that played along with uh, that in that concert, and it, it was just simply outstanding. And as we watched this concert, we found ourselves uh, feeling happy. We, were, our, our spirits were uplifted. We, at, at certain parts in, in it, we, we laughed out loud. And, and, and really, it was just a very, very enjoyable time together. As I think back on that, that moment, as I, as I think about the... the the goodness and, and the value of that experience, I, I come to this important realization that all of that goodness and, and all of that uplifting um, environment was made possible largely because of one small little thing. It was made possible by the small human tongue. I mean, think about it with me, right? The singing Josh made possible by small little tongues. The acting, the drama, all of that dialogue made possible by small little tongues. Even the wind instruments in the orchestra, the small little tongue was at least part, in large, largely part, of the music that we heard. Everything that we experienced in, in, in that setting that was good was made possible by something very, very small, the human tongue. And as we appreciate or we think about how the tongue can produce such good, excuse me, good and inspiring things, not just in this concert, but in other aspects of life, it makes me wonder, and maybe you've thought this as well, maybe, maybe James is just being a little too harsh. Maybe his judgment of the tongue is just overly critical. As he writes his conclusion about the nature and the state of the tongue in James chapter 3. And, and I'm not going to read all of that. We'll be talking mostly about, uh, we'll be talking about most of the chapter, the beginning chapter in a moment. But let me just read you some excerpts here that help you get in the sense of, of how James, inspired by the Spirit, is representing this small human tongue. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small tongue? 
and the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity or, or evil. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life, and it is set on fire by hell. It is a restless evil full of deadly poisons. <laughs> you listen to what he's saying there, and as I hear what he's saying there, I, I don't know, maybe you have, but I don't know that I've ha- heard more of a scathing indictment of the human tongue than that right there. I mean, James is telling us, and he's painting this portrait of just how incredibly destructive and, and, and harmful the human tongue can be. And as you listen to that, and you, 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 you again have to ask this question, is that, is that commentary accurate? Does, does the tongue really deserve Such harsh criticism? And the answer is, yes. (laughs) It it, it really does. I, I, I know all the good that the tongue can do. But as we talk about and we center in what James is going to be talking about or or representing concerning the tongue, the answer is yes. And as we go through this text this morning and, and in view of, of our series, I, I see this very important overarching principle coming out of these words of Jesus. And that, and that principle is small things can produce big results. And we're going to see more about that as we go on. And this, this fits very well into our new series that, that Bill began last week, the series of start small and get big results. And and Bill made it clear to us last week that that this idea of starting small is to understand not only that God is a God of big things, right? That God is involved in big things and God can produce big things and God is is, uh, very tuned, in tune with big things. But he's also a God of small things. And he's a God that's interested and concerned about small things. And God that can work in small things. And and a God that pays attention to small things. And that if we'll, in this series, if we'll see our God that way, then it gives us some encouragement as we start 2023 to start to start small. And so it's with that background in place that I I, I want to uh, take us back into the text of James. If you'll look there in James chapter 3. And I want us to, to draw some important conclusions about starting small in the human tongue. As James begins, he, he, he introduces this section by saying, let not many of you be teachers. As he, as he makes that statement, as you, you see what he goes on to say, 
What he's doing is he's revealing his concern. And his concern is centered into, in, in what I'm going to call spiritual fire starters. His concern is about teachers. Those people who are using their tongues, who are using their words in order to create problems or start fires within the church. And he doesn't go into any detail here, but what we know from reading the epistles, what we know about the first century's church, is some of those teachers may be false teachers, teaching false doctrine. And that's, that's bad, right? And, and we know that some of them quite possibly are those who are teaching misleading doctrine. It may not be completely false, but it's, it's misleading. and It leads people to draw conclusions that really aren't conclusions they need to be drawing. Or, or maybe they're just using their tongues in the church to create strife and conflict. And when we read scripture, we see that all those things took place in the first century church. And we've seen that it's actually been taking place ever since. That people, influential people, are using their tongues in, in, in very negative and destructive ways, either with false teaching or just creating strife and conflict in, in, in the church. But even though here in the beginning, his focus, his target is on teachers. He quickly makes a a statement there in verse 2, and he shifts the focus from the target being on teachers to this realization. And that is that everyone is guilty of misusing their tongues. He says, we all stumble in many ways regarding our speech. He's not just talking about teachers, but he's saying, James, who's writing this letter, stumbles with my tongue. All of us stumble with our tongues. And as I hear him say say that, it, it makes me think about sort of what I call the all club. That all of us belong to the we all fall, fall short club, right? We all belong in that Romans 3 club where we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what, what, what Paul says. We all belong to that fall short club, falling short club. But what James is saying is we're all a part of that stumbling speech club as well. He says, we all have difficulty controlling our tongue. We all stumble at one time or another. We say things that we shouldn't say. We're all guilty of that, James says. And then he says this interesting thing, I think, here, that if, if, if that were true, if we could completely control our tongues and not stumble with our tongues, we'd be able to control everything about ourselves. That's, that's how significant this issue of controlling our tongues is. But here's the point. Since we don't, or since we do, 
since we do stumble and since we don't control our tongues perfectly, James wants to give us the most sobering warning he can possibly give us. He doesn't want us to just trivialize the things that come out of our mouths. He wants us to see just how big the results can be from our small little tongues. And so the first thing he's going to say here is that small things have big influence, right? Small things have big influence. And he begins in, in, in the fact that it's true in life. Just look around life, James is saying. He's saying, even as the bit in the horse's mouth can control the largest horse out there, can direct this pathway and what it's doing, and, and it's the small little rudder on a, a massive ship that has the ability to control its direction and navigate its, it, it, itself in pinpoint directions, even against strong winds and even against strong currents. These small little things we need to understand have big influence over great great bodies, massive things. And just as true as it is in life, James says it's just as true in us as well. That these small little tongues of ours, these organs inside of our mouth, have the incredible capacity to have a big, big influence on our lives. And unlike the bit... And unlike the rudder, the influence that our little tongues can have on our lives and the lives of others can be very, very destructive. While the bit and the rudder may be doing something constructive for its body, James is saying this small little thing is doing something that can be very, very destructive in our body in the lives of people around us. And, and because that's true, the, the next thought here is that small tongues have a lot of firepower. Our, our small little tongues, I know they're small, but his point here is they have a tremendous amount of, of firepower. Behold how great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire, James says. I don't know if you, you hear, uh, many of you here know David Talbot. David Talbot knows firsthand the destructive power of a spark. What David Talbot does is he drives a water tanker. He goes to places throughout our country here. And he drives a water tanker up to the areas where they're fighting forest fires. That's his job. He takes water to firefighters so they can try to stop these raging infernos that have all been created by a single spark in many situations. He knows from firsthand the ruin, the destruction 
that can come about by something so tiny and something so small. He's seen those sparks burn down and ruin hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of acres. He's seen those small sparks ruin and burn down tiny homes and giant mansions. He's seen the death both of human life and animal life that those small sparks can bring about. He's seen the big, big negative results that can come out of something very, very small. And the point that James is making here is is exactly the same. The point is the same for James when it comes to the firepower of the small human tongue. He said, yes, as he says here in the text, it is set among our members as in our mouths in order to defile, defile our whole bodies. That's true. But here's the thing that I'm talking about and that James wants us to see as well, is that even though our tongues are in our mouths and, and they can defile their whole body by, by what they say and how they speak, while that's true, We need to understand that these small organs within our mouths are not just there to defile us, but at times, and oftentimes, too many times, in some of our lives, those small tongues are lashing out. Those small tongues are not staying in our mouths, but they're lashing out as as these flamethrowers with words of hate with words of disdain or, or, or words of, of, of meanness. And as they do, what James is saying is these small little tongues are starting forest fires, metaphorically speaking. You see, think about it with me. These small little tongues have set ablaze international wars. These small little tongues create disharmony and violence within communities. These small little tongues have the power to spread incredible hate throughout our culture and around the world. These small little tongues can break down marriages. These small little tongues are responsible for very painful and hurtful bullying that goes on in our society today. And I'm here to tell you that these small little tongues even burn down churches. Metaphorically speaking. You see, James's point, again, is these small little things in our mouths have the power, he says, to ultimately set our entire worlds on fire. That my tongue at the center of my world, it, sets every, it can set everything on fire. At one point, my tongue can set my workplace on fire by how I talk to the people that I work with. And then I can come over here and I can set my family on fire by the way that I talk to them. And then I can come over here and I can set my wife on fire by the way that I talk with her. And and I can come in here and interact with you. And then I can reach out and I can set you on fire too. 
all with this little tiny organ in my mouth if I'm not using it correctly. Where does that great power of destruction come from? James says it comes from hell. That those kind of tongues are set on fire by evil. That it is Satan and his influence in our lives and on our mouths that can create such great destruction. And James will have this concluding statement about that. I believe he's speaking universally and historically, and he says this. No one can tame the human tongue. It is a restless evil spreading poison all along the way. And just when you think he has made his harshest criticism, he will take one more step. He will say that not just those things, Not just that type of fire. But the tongue is the thing that can create the grossest kind of duplicity. If you think all that fire stuff is bad. He says it it can even create the grossest kind of duplicity. Where we in one breath speak and we praise God. With our words. And then in another breath, we turn around and we curse people. That in in one breath, I'm standing up here and, and we sing, Hallelujah, praise Jehovah. And then all of a sudden, I turn around and I say something that communicates to you that you are meaningless, that you are worthless, or somehow devalue you. While I'm standing over here and I'm praising my God and all that he is, then when I turn and I defame you or say something bad to you, I am dishonoring the very God who created you. That over here I started to praise and now I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to treat you differently than I do the very God who created you. Just when you think it couldn't get any worse. Christians struggle with duplicity. And his reaction to that in the text is, brothers and sisters, this should not be. We as Christians should not be struggling with this type of spiritual uh, duplicity. James says here, it's abnormal. It's abnormal for us as Christians to curse and bless from the same mouth. It's as abnormal as a sweet, fresh water fountain also producing bitter water. It's as abnormal as a tree, a vine, An ocean, he says, producing something it was never created to produce. 
It's abnormal. And it ought not be so. Wow. (laughs) I told you. James, as he focuses on the potential, the negative potential of this small little thing, has some very scathing but true things to say about our tongues. So the question is, so what are we going to do about that? Is there an upside to this money? I hope so, because it's been pretty negative so far. Well, yeah, I think, first of all, when we think about this, we, we, we again, we just want to start small. Do this. Start small. Check out your tongue. Not here. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Start small. Look at your tongue. Let's, let's spend time and, and think about whether or not that as we observe and look at our tongues, whether we actually can, can see a flame in there. If they are actually burning, if they're sitting there just waiting to lash out and singe or scorch or burn somebody else. Start small this way. Think about the last three days. In the last three days, has your tongue been a fire? Just in the last week. I, I know we're all guilty. James says that we're all guilty. And I'm going to ask us to look at our whole life right now. Just, just small. The last three days. And if the answer is yes, th- then the thing here is, is first of all, yes. Let's, let's go back and try to salve some of the burning that, that we did. But just as importantly, let's start today. Let's start small and let's lift up one prayer. One prayer to God, committing our tongues to Him. Committing our tongues to being those things that are not scorching and burning others. One prayer to God that says, I will do all that I can do to extinguish the flame in my mouth. And when we do, our tongues will be those things that bring glory to God and bless others as well. So begin, small little thing, check out your tongue. And then the next step here I want to encourage us is, is let it be fueled by the Spirit. Now, follow this train of thought for me. As I listen to this, I draw this conclusion. If we can have destructive tongues fueled by hell, the world of evil, then we can just as well have constructive tongues fueled by heaven. Does that make sense? If we can have destructive tongues that are fueled by hell, then as the children of God, why can't we have constructive tongues that are fueled by him and the answer is there's not any reason we can have that if we will allow the holy spirit to start directing our tongues 
If we'll allow the Holy Spirit to start shaping our hearts and minds so that they produce on, the li- on our lips things that are good and righteous and a blessing to others. When we let the Holy Spirit and as we let the Holy Spirit control our tongues, we'll be empowered with words. And just take this journey with me. We'll be empowered with words that are taught by the Holy Spirit and not by human wisdom, 1 Corinthians 2. We'll we'll speak words of truth with our neighbors, each one of us, Ephesians 5, 4 and verse 25. We'll speak words that are good for building others up, for encouraging uh, in the need of the moment that they may give grace to those who hear, Ephesians 4, 29. They're words that will be seasoned with grace, as with salt, especially when it comes to the outsider, Colossians 4 and verses 5 and 6. They'll be words that boldly speak the gospel of God among, in the midst of opposition because they're words and tongues that speak those things that are pleasing to God and not to man, the God who examines our very hearts. And when our mouths and tongues are fueled by the Holy Spirit, they'll be fit for sound doctrine, Titus 2 and verse 11. And when they're fueled by the Holy Spirit, our words will come slowly as we listen quickly, James 1 and 19. These are just a few of the things that the Holy Spirit, when He influences our speech, what our holy, the Holy Spirit can do in a positive way with our tongues. And when the Spirit has shaped and empowered our speech, we will enjoy big, big results. And some of the big results we'll, under, we'll begin to experience when, when the Holy Spirit is shaping and moving our tongues. We'll enjoy peace. Peace that ends the hurt and the conflict around us. Instead of those around us living in fear of the the hurtful, painful words lashing out of them, they will live in a peace knowing that you and knowing that I will always speak to them with kindness and love and respect and, and, and dignity. And when we do, that's going to be a big, big thing. And we'll also get the big result of, of what I'm calling winsomeness, attract, uh, attractability. A winsomeness that draws people to us instead of repulsing people with our, our, our words. The words of the Spirit coming out of us will, will draw people close to us because they want to receive the encouragement we have to give them. They want to receive the kindness that we have to, to speak to them, the compassion that we want to tell them about, the, the, the mercy that we can give them, the affirmation, the support. All of those words that will come out of our mouth will draw people to us so they can get that blessing. That will be a big, big thing. And then finally, we'll enjoy the result of guidance that brings the greatest good of all. That we will speak the words of the gospel. We'll speak true teaching that will bring people to Jesus and will help them and encourage them in their walk of faith. And as we do, that will be a big result.
this morning as disciples of Jesus. I know that it is all of our desire to honor God and bless others with our tongue. I know that's your desire. I know that's my desire. So my encouragement, again, let's start small. Start small with our little tongues and make them instruments of God so that we and others can enjoy the big results of love and peace and grace. Small tongues, big results. This morning as I close, if you're not a part of the family of God, if you're not living in the forgiveness and the grace of Jesus Christ today, start small. Start with your tongues and let your tongues, moved by your heart, say, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he's my Savior. I want to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. I want to change my life. I want to make him my Lord. And if you'll do that, and if you'll enter with him in those faith waters of baptism, you will receive the greatest result of all life, salvation, and eternal life of Jesus while we stand and while we sing.